Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media because we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live every weekday morning at 8 Central on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show on Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up on TikTok as well. A to Z Sports Nashville right there. Uh, But we got to thank our sponsors before we officially get going because they make it happen for us and they help out you guys. With Wilson County Hyundai, check them out and make them a part of your new car buying process by going to see them in Lebanon or simply at WilsonCountyHyundai.com, the Bone and Joint Institute, BoneandJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care, plus Farm Bureau Health Plans. Get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans, better coverage, better rates, better service, learn more about a health plan for you at FBHP.com slash ATOZ and Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers, the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans. If you've been injured in a car wreck, you need to call Hughes and Coleman right away. 800-800-4600, HughesandColeman.com. So, Zach, just sleeping on it. I always find it interesting on like how people wake up Monday morning after an emotional loss on Sunday. We had nearly an hour post-game show yesterday uh, on these same platforms reacting to it, but how did you wake up feeling on Monday morning after uh, getting a night's sleep on it where, and you got to sleep on a Tampa Bay Buccaneers win on Sunday night football. Yeah. And uh, you know, Dak Prescott with the, uh, that's tough for Cowboys fans with that yes. throwing thumb for Dak looks to be out six to eight weeks. Uh, but I, I did wake up this morning and I actually, my first thought was not about the Titans losing and all the mistakes that we talked about. It was how well they played in the first half, giving, and they didn't play as well as they could have. It was 13 to nothing. It could have been 20 to nothing, right? I mean, it could have been, it could have been 21 to nothing if they would have capitalized on all of those drives that they at least scored ports on with touchdowns. That's kind of what I focused on is how did you lose the 13 point lead that you had built? And Austin, they got the ball to start the set, the, the second half. So I, I looked at like all the positives that they did and how the offense was was rolling, how they were distributing the football. You had brought up yesterday in our post game show that of how well Hilliard played out of the backfield as the Giants' defense missed assignments and and Hilliard got out in space and scored a couple of touchdowns. Like that, that is kind of what I I concentrated in on, and then I started to kind of go from there. Then I started to say, all right, well, what went wrong? Back-to-back three and outs. Back-to-back touchdowns yielded by the Titans defense to start the third quarter. And then the debacle that was third and ones, the mismanagement, and obviously it all concluded in a missed field goal, which we have a completely different tone. And I think the chat and everybody watching has a completely different tone if Randy Bullock makes that field goal, but he doesn't right? That's a, they got away. It's a close football game in the NFL. I mean, you can have so many of those type of storylines, but that's not how it worked out. The Titans were up 13, nothing. They ended up losing 21, 20 because of some inexcusable issues within their coaching staff because of decisions made. And then the first thing, here's the last thing I'll say on that. You look at the chat. I mean, Todd Downing, Mm. (laughs) he's got He's got something on his head because that's all we've heard from these Titans fans this morning as he's kind of the scapegoat, uh, maybe well-deserved, but he is the target after this loss after week one. 
Yeah, and you know, if you're Todd Downing, do not get on social media. If you're related to Todd Downing and think of him fondly in any fashion, do not get on social media because Todd Downing's being drugged through it right now all over every platform, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Todd Downing, YouTube. Todd Downing is the uh, topic of conversation for the wrong reasons. But you're right. Like If Randy Bullock makes the field goal and he's made that type of field goal before for the Titans, then it's the coach's dream. It's you got to win, but you have plenty of correctable tape to go over and still have a hard week of practice and you got away with it. You won the game, but still have things to fix. But something that stuck with me, Zach, was what Mike Vrabel and Ryan Tannehill said last night after the game when asked about the end of game clock management situation, because we all know this, it was a beautiful throw from Ryan Tannehill to Kyle Phillips to get the Titans inside the 30 yard line with 20, uh, I guess with 18 seconds left uh, to get in field goal range for an opportunity to win the game there. Then what happens after Kyle Phillips goes out of bounds? I don't think we're ever going to know the Titans end up using their last timeout in a dead ball stop clock situation. Then Ryan Tannehill runs to the right hash, loses two yards, Randy Bullock on, misses the field goal wide left, and everybody is wondering what the hell happened on the late game clock mismanagement. We're going to hear the answers from Vrabel and Tannehill in chronological order. Mike Vrabel talked to the media first, then Ryan Tannehill talked to the media afterwards. But here is Mike Vrabel and how he answered that yesterday. The correct hash, you know, making sure everybody was on the same page. You know, we felt good about 18 seconds. You know, that was something that we've worked where you could you know, reasonably center the football, put it on the hash that, that you wanted off, and then get lined back up and, and clock hit it. You know, I think you know, we've, we've worked that numerous times. You know, if it gets below that, you know, you run the risk of a pile up or the ball getting kicked around or crazy things, but, uh, you know, I thought we, we handled that situation well. So Mike Vrabel said he hot, he thought the Titans handled that situation well. I'll, I'll let you hold your, your comment there, Zach. Here's how Ryan Tannehill answered it, and then a follow-up by Sam Phelan of A to Z Sports, too. Uh, we were just trying to get the ball in the right hash there, so um, timeout wasn't really wasn't really a factor. Um, just trying to be able to, to move, move the ball over the right hash and we were able to, to clock it, so ended up being the same type of situation. Did you think about holding the timeout to try and make the kick a little bit closer? Like, was that a discussion that went on at all, or was was the priority the hash mark there? Yeah, you have to ask Braves about that. Um, that's the information I got, so that's what we go with. That's the information I got. That's what we're going with. Zach, that's the first time you've heard Mike Vrabel's uh, comment. And, and I, you know, good job, Sam, covering his first NFL game for A to Z Sports with a really strong follow-up there on Ryan Tannehill. But what did you think of uh, the, the answer from both those guys? Well, I will start with our guy, Sam. I mean, that's the right question. He, yeah. he asked the exact correct question following up to Ryan Tannehill after he spoke. And Ryan Tannehill's answer, I think, is telling. Because when you – then he's, he's just reverting to the coach, right? Yep. It's the same thing with Traylon Burks and the asthma. You remember? Oh, well, you're going to have to ask Mike Vrabel about that. So that tells me, because what we now know about the asthma situation – and anything, whenever you say, well, you'll have to ask, that's not my responsibility, you have to ask the coach. I was just doing what I was told. The fact of the matter is, is Ryan Tannehill has played in a ton of football games. We've all watched a lot of football games. 18 seconds once the clock is stopped, in which it was because Kyle Phillips got out of bounds, 
You're not going to have a pile up that wastes 18 seconds. You're not going to have the ball kicked around that wastes 18 seconds. You can run a play in six seconds. You can run. So there you go. You got, let's do quick math. And I don't like math on air, but six, I believe, times three is 18. That's three plays. Now, that kind of probably cuts down to two plays because of organization, because of the, the threat of pileups. But this is mismanagement. And after listening to both of those guys, I disagree with Mike Rabel saying that they handled that well. They did not handle that well. No. 42 yards is less than 47 yards. And ultimately, the kick was the kick. The kick was missed. But we all know, the closer you are to the field goal post, the easier it is to make said field goal. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I want to play the Mike Vrabel clip again because I think Mike Vrabel uh, contradicted himself and and how he answered the question, it's absolutely something that I am not buying whatsoever. I, I don't buy Mike Vrabel's answer. I will play you that clip, and I'll tell you where what the Titans practice in training camp is not what they did yesterday in that situation. But real quick, don't fumble on your recovery like the Titans fumbled on their clock mismanagement uh, in that end of that game yesterday. Go check out the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever you get hurt in life, know who to turn to, know who to trust. That is the folks at the Bone and Joint Institute there in Franklin. Over a dozen doctors there at their Franklin facility who specialize in any type of joint injury you could possibly think of. Simply hit them up at boneandjointtn.org. Yes, we are powered by BetMGM, the king of the sports book, ATOZ Sports. You see it right there on the screen. We love BetMGM. They'll get you hooked up with risk-free bets. They got promos. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 of your brand-new user. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports right there on your screen. You see it, all one word, no spaces, ATOZ Sports. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 for new users. We love BetMGM. Download the app today. Yeah, so let's play the clip again from Mike Vrabel because I'm not buying what he's saying. Let's let's be very specific when we're listening to how Mike Vrabel answered this question about the clock mismanagement and burning the timeout at the end. The correct hash, you know, making sure everybody was on the same page. You know, we felt good about 18 seconds. You know, that was something that we've worked where you could you know, reasonably center the football, put it on the hash that you wanted off, and then get lined back up and, and clock it. You know, I think you know, we we worked that. Numerous times, you know, if it gets below that, you know, you run the risk of a pile up or the ball getting kicked around or crazy things. But, uh, you know, I thought we, we handled that situation well. So Mike Vrabel, Zach, answered the question with the mindset after they wasted the timeout. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking the same right? thing. Where yes. I, my, my, my mind's sitting here spinning and I'm like, well, you forgot that you just used the timeout. Yes, and they just used the timeout after a stopped clock situation. This is inexcusable. Mike Vrabel is protecting somebody yeah. with how he answered this question. I don't know who it's going to be because I also heard Mike Keith and Mike Vrabel talking on Titans Radio uh, after the game as well. And and Vrabel and, and Mike Keith was asking, what's going through your mind? He said, well, we were trying to talk to Auk and talk with Randy about – which uh, which hash mark Randy wanted it to be on? No, Mike Vrabel knew which hash mark Randy Bullock wanted it before the game started, right? Like Mike Vrabel knows that 
he's protecting somebody with the answer. So with 18 seconds on the clock and no timeouts, yes, that's how they do that in training camp. But here's what I saw in training camp. I saw them go through the balls on the opposite 40 with 50 seconds on the clock. You got one timeout. You need a field goal. I seen them go through that several times and they've never called a timeout after getting out of bounds on a catch to gain the first down the play before that is clock mismanagement. And it's straight up BS from Mike Vrabel. He's protecting somebody. He's either, either he's either protecting Craig Aukerman. He's either protecting Todd Downing for not getting the play call in or he's correct or protecting uh, Ryan Tannehill. One of those three guys is who he's protecting here. And I'll say this because I went back and watched it again this morning. Ryan Tannehill, when they had to call the timeout right before the play clock expired, Ryan Tannehill did not get the play call to go into the huddle until 10 seconds were left on the play clock. So I yeah. I am saying it's pretty obvious on who, who messed up here. So we learned new information. Yesterday, if you watch the post-game show, we do a pre-game, halftime post-game show. If you haven't been watching, you haven't been subscribing, you need to because this is live reaction with all of you guys. We ask you questions. It's interactive. It's, it's a lot of fun. We've been doing it for years. My grade, when we grade Ryan Tannehill, was a C, not a C+. You graded him as a C+, correct? That's right. I knocked his grade down because I thought that there was some blame on Ryan Tannehill. After now knowing a little bit more, and actually, honestly, after hearing Ryan, Ryan Tannehill talk, yep. listen, play the clip one yep. more time. Yep. Uh, we were just trying to get the ball in the right hash there, so uh, timeout wasn't really wasn't really a factor. Um, just trying to be able to, to move, move the ball over the right hash and we were able to, to clock it, so it ended up being the same type of situation. Did you think about holding the timeout to try and make the kick a little bit closer? Like, was that a discussion that went on at all, or was was the priority the hash mark there? Yeah, you have to ask Graves about that. Um, that's the information I got, so that's what we wrote. Sam, bravo to Sam, because that question revealed the true answer. It, yep. He didn't actually say exactly what happened, but that question revealed exactly what went down. I'm changing my grade. This is, I'm calling up the parent, you know, to, to the kid that, hey, the, the, the teacher reviewed and you get a C plus. I cannot take that away from Ryan Tanhill because it sounds like they were chatting on the headsets on what's going on and that communication messed this entire thing yeah, up. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm glad Nick Ewing says I also Austin can't change his mind, but Zach can. And then look, I, I'm glad you changed your mind, Zach, on this because, and I said this in the post game show, I can't knock Ryan Tannehill for that. There was something fishy about what happened there with the mismanagement of that play clock after the Kyle Phillips catch. And I truly believe it's on the coaching staff for not making up their mind and knowing what to do after a, it doesn't make any sense guys. Kyle Phillips catch out of bounds first and 10 inside the 30. 18 seconds left. You have you just run out. efficiency all down the field, right? He, you just thing. run your two-minute offense listen, in a minute and eight seconds. Listen to what I'm about to say. The Titans coaching staff put their offense through two-minute drills every day in training camp. But the Titans coaching staff is the one who screwed it up in week one. I don't disagree with you. I think that's what we found out. This is kind of, I mean, again, this is why you have one day of rest. You wake up refreshed. 
you know, you kind of you wipe the sleep out of your eyes from a long day of football. You get geared up and you start to go do some detective work. Yes. <laughs> and and look, the detective work, old, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes and Watson, we at least sit there and we come to the conclusion it's pretty obvious that this is on Mike Vrabel and the assistant coaches. Yeah. Now, which assistant coaches? Was Todd Downing involved? Was Tim Kelly involved? Was Craig Ackerman involved? We know Mike Vrabel was involved. But some somewhere, assistant coaches and Mike Vrabel, their communication wasn't as efficient as it needed to you be. You know why? Which held Ryan Tannehill up. And cost them the timeout. You know why? It's too many cooks. You just you just listed off four coaches who were trying to make a decision. It's Mike Vrabel's decision. He is the head coach. And any type of hesitation like that in a moment can cost you an opportunity. And I, in my opinion, it did. Uh, and again, it's it's really frustrating because the Titans had a chance to get out of Nissan Stadium with a win uh, after allowing a lesser team to stick around in that game. But coaching is what cost them after Tannehill, Phillips, and others made nice plays down the stretch there. And ultimately, Randy Bullock still has to make a field goal for them sure. to win the game, right? We're like, So it's not singular, but it is impactful because if you are prepared and efficient, you know you've got 18 seconds, the, time, the, the clock is stopped, you can substitute because they obviously huddled, right? You bring in Derrick Henry, for an ISO left run, or excuse me, right run, because you know prior to the game that if you have a game-winning field goal situation, your kicker, Randy Bullock, likes it on the right hash, ISO right run. You don't toss it to him. You don't pitch it to him. You put it in his gut to 22. He falls forward for a few yards. You get back up. You snap the ball. 18 seconds is plenty of time to do that. You you clock it and you set it up, right? Like yeah. that's what you do. Oh yeah. wait, you've saved your timeout. You call a timeout, right? Like yep. that's it. I mean, I yeah. just that's how the scenario should have gone down. Oh, I no think doubt. we've revealed what exactly happened. Yeah, and, and and Carl's right. It was on the right hash, and Randy Bullock still missed the kick. So there's no doubt about that. But a couple of yards might have been the difference there uh, in that kick and if Randy could have knocked in or not, but uh, yeah, it's pretty. Uh, and with Ryan Tannehill saying, that's what I heard when Sam uh, followed up the question, that's what I heard means that Ryan Tannehill was towing the company line and basically saying and answering that question, the way Mike Vrabel had told him to answer it before that press conference, because look, Mike Vrabel, I don't know. I, I, to be I fair, think so. I don't think that they were, I, anybody I, tells anybody how to answer a question. You don't think so? I don't think so. Oh, I I, I think I, Ryan Tannehill has been no. on this team and has played as many football games as he has. He's not going to sit here and throw anybody under the bus. He, he, notoriously, he doesn't do that. So but I think nobody needed to tell him I not think, to do that. I, I think there is a understanding in that facility that Mike Vrabel has a company line and you better follow. But you said that he was told, and I don't think that he's told to do that. I think that that's just how Ryan Tannehill correctly answered the question based on that. I mean, I, I always think, and I always put myself in this situation, and this is probably why I'm not an uh, NFL superstar quarterback because I'd probably be too damn honest, is I'd sit there and be like, we need to be more efficient. Uh, you know, we got to get the plays in and we cost ourselves right there. But that's not that's not the right thing to say, right? Because 
I think Ryan Tannehill answered the question adequately for Ryan Tannehill. Mike Vrabel didn't. It, Mike Vrabel, in his answer, ignored the fact that they lost the timeout. No, yeah, he, he ignored that they cost themselves a timeout. He answered it after they called the timeout. It is eSports here live uh, on this Monday. A lot of reaction to get into. We're about to ask a question that's going to bring in a lot of different aspects uh, from the game and from the Titans' loss yesterday. What was the most concerning mistake the Titans made in the loss to the Giants? What was the most concerning mistake the Titans made in the loss to the Giants yesterday? But Zach, first tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. Yeah, FBHP.com, Farm Bureau Health Plans. Better coverage, better rates, better service. A plan on use for health, dental, and vision. So that's the best part. Farm Bureau Health Plans, 75 years, 200-plus locations across the state of Tennessee. I use them. I absolutely love that I use them. I've been benefiting for the last several months. It's September, and I I changed the beginning of the year. They really have, and they've changed my coverage in a better way. I saved 20% per month, and when I signed up, it was so easy, and it was the right decision. I went through a health assessment. Uh, it took me about 20 to 30 minutes. I got a quote and I realized this is the best plan for me. It can be the best plan for you and your family. You may have five kids. You may have one kid. You may have no kids. A family plan is always something that you need to think about for the protection. Everybody deals with health issues throughout the course of their life. Farm Bureau Health Plans will help you. 200 plus locations. That's FBHP.com slash A to Z. Also, don't forget, download the BetMGM app. And if you do it today, use our code ATOZ Sports. It's right there on your screen. You download the app, you make your first deposit. And with that code ATOZ Sports, your first bet on pro football, risk free up to $1,000. Uh, there's still another game tonight in week one with a different, interesting quarterback situation as well uh, with Denver and Seattle. So check it out. BetMGM, you download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports, and your risk free bet up to $1,000 with your first bet after that deposit. Visit betamgym.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only new customer offer. All promotions, subject qualifications, other requirements. Rewards issued as knowledgeable for bets for that credit. For bets expire seven days. For problem game sport call Tennessee Redline, 800-889-9789. Zach, the question that we have asked everybody, what was the most concerning mistake the Titans made in the loss to the Giants? I'll send you to the chat uh, to see what everybody is saying that what concerns them most. All right, let's see what we got here. Uh, uh, there's so many damn comments in the chat, which is a great, <laughs> I mean, it's a great problem to have, but, you know, sifting through them, you know, I'll, I'll start with John because John, I think uh, he represents a lot of the Titans fan base. And that is, oh, well, there are so many comments that just moved. John right there, allowing Downing to call the plays. Todd Downing has been heavily criticized from last year heading into this year after the first game of the season with some of his play calling. So John's going to start there. Billy says the last 18 seconds. And Eric says Fulton getting burnt deep. Getting burnt deep pulled the Giants back into this football game, right? Single-handedly. A 60-plus yard pass from Danny Dimes that wouldn't have probably been completed if there was some sort of coverage on Shepard. It would have been thrown like it, Mark Sanchez on the call. And Mark Sanchez, I don't think had his it's week one for him too. I, I don't think he had his best game calling that, but he mentioned that the backside go 
is something that's rarely thrown on a pass concept like that. It's more just to keep sit, spacing on the backside and to have a safety hang out. But Christian Fulton, Ful- Fulton thought the same thing. Yeah, right. He <laughs> rarely <felt> thrown. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think Christian – that's not the biggest mistake. Like, Christian Fulton, that's not something you what you need to be concerned about moving forward, I don't think. I think Christian Fulton is better than that. And I think that's a massive wake up for Christian Fulton this season of I just got smoked. I, I can't let that happen again. And I don't look, he's gonna get beat. That's the nature of playing the corner position. You're gonna get beat playing corner in the NFL. But I don't think he's gonna get smoked like that again, where it was blatantly him falling asleep at the wheel on a deep route. It did impact the game a huge oh, uh, no amount, doubt. right? No doubt. Like yes. the, the momentum had already swung, and then that swung it even more and pulled the Giants. Now I know the Titans then got the lead back, but but that wasn't like a that's not a concerning thing that I'm still concerned with moving forward, in my opinion. Well, I I think I, you can look at this question a lot of different ways. Concerning about what happened during the game of, you know why the result got the result or you could look at it as oh moving forward i'm not necessarily worried about christian fulton in that sense but i am concerned that why are you thinking that it's not going to be thrown and then it's thrown uh penalties max brings up something that we we didn't talk a lot about in the post game show because of other things but there was a lot of penalties now on both sides the giants they would have been upset too with all the holding calls they had on that final drive that kept the titans faith alive mm-hmm. but there were some holding calls brewer i mean uh taylor one to start that first drive he got a little trigger happy you saw it, 77 it, jump npf had a false start as well uh one thing and the aaron brewer holds might have and they didn't really cost the titans because they still scored a touchdown on the same drive uh, they first in 20s. This offense is I not mean, made for first and 20, but, but uh, no, I, I know, but they always scored a touchdown on that, and so I, I don't like the Brewer holds. I, I know people will always remember that, but the Titans scored a touchdown to Hilliard after on the same they were on the same drive, both holds were. But, so that, but you talked about Christian Fulton moving forward, you're not concerned there. I, I actually I, have may have some concerns that Brewer he can't repeat this offense throughout the course of the season. I think those holds were both ticky-tacky. Now, I'll say this. I don't know. I, I didn't notice this until this morning when I saw a video of it on social media. If you go back and you watch the two-point conversion play, that would, there were offsetting penalties on each team, and that should have been redone. Because Dylan Cole had a big hunk of uh, Saquon Barkley's face mask, and Danico Autry got held so bad that kept him out of the hole that Barkley dove through to convert the two-point conversion. So that should have been off. I mean, the hold on Autry was so blatant. The face mask was even more blatant, but you don't throw that flag when Barkley scores anyway. It's pointless there. But it should have been offsetting penalties, replay the two-point conversion, and see what happens there. But that was, you know, Jerome Boger sucks. We all know that. We said that in the postgame show, and we all understand that he's going to miss bad calls. All right, let's go back to the chat. Matthew brings up the third and ones, Wildcat and tight end sweeps. Johnny says, not adequate adjusts after half. Doesn't matter. You're up 13-0. It looked messy, and it did look messy, especially to start that third quarter. Todd Downing coming in from William Wallace. ABC play calling. So Ed goes uh, the elementary route when it comes to Todd Downing and the play calls, letting Downing call the plays. Tight end sweep from Chig, from G-Man. He brings up that third down. Christopher brings up that muffed punt. The muffed punt, we, you know, 
we all saw because Kyle Phillips had the game that he did, and you're like, man, you've been doing so well, but that is that is an absolute no-no on that yeah. month punt. And again, Amani Hooker bailed the Titans out on that because he had the interception off of the muff punt. So some of these, you know, the Aaron Brewer holds and the Kyle Phillips muff punts in and at the end of the day did not cost you because of how those particular drives ended up. So for everybody that gets upset at me, I'm not going to make this show about this. This is a reaction to yesterday's game, but I will read Andrew's comment because Andrew says trading AJ Brown. We will talk about that tomorrow. We are not going to let that impact this show today, but it is recognized as I read comment. Zach brings out uh, letting off the gas, uh, trying tricks on short down situations. Seen it more than once yesterday. Talk about those third downs. Mm. Um, and Anthony brings up that Cole missed tackle on the two-point conversion. It's tough, Anthony, when you have Saquon Barkley and two yards. Because and Dylan Cole, <laughs> right, and then Dylan Cole and and, and Autry getting held right yeah. because he was in position to at least help make that play, but he couldn't be in position because he was being held. Yeah. But Saquon Barkley is going to run over the majority of your defense, maybe not Jeffrey Simmons, but with a full head of steam, that's where Saquon Barkley does very well. It's like Derrick Henry, right? He can get a couple of extra yards just based on his physique. So that was tough, and and Jarrell brings up the overall run defense, which Austin, I thought you pointed out yesterday, it seemed like they got comfortable in just pass rushing instead of playing both sides of the defense, and that's where they got gashed. Yeah, if you missed yesterday's postgame show, I had the analogy of the Titans' defense getting four sacks in the first half akin to going out to pick a basketball game and knocking down your first four shots you start to get complacent, you start to get trigger happy and shoot shots you shouldn't, and maybe the Titans got undisciplined uh, in their run lanes and gaps because they had so much success early on when it came to getting after Daniel Jones, stopping the run, uh, and, and sacking the quarterback. What is the most concerning thing from yesterday's Titans 21-20 to loss to the New York Giants, in your opinion, Austin. yeah. So I've got I've got two things. I'm going to answer with my one, but I'm going to mention uh, both of them just because I I don't want to forget because Kyle and a couple others brought up personnel tipping, right? And so we'll talk about personnel tipping a little bit later on. But there's two things that carried over from last season into the Giants' loss. It's the personnel tipping and the lack, the just bad personnel usage in general, and then also Todd Downing being really bad in in important situations and Todd Downing's trend as a play caller and Todd Downing's personality as a play caller of not being good in big time situations is the most concerning thing for me because I don't think Todd Downing's going to go anywhere. I just think Mike Vrabel is not going to get rid of Todd Downing. I think well, not after one game. No, I know that, but that's, he's going to continue to be, uh, the Titans play caller uh, for the foreseeable future. And that is continuing to be a concern for me. And yes, there's Tim Kelly. That's the break glass in case of emergency play caller. But I don't know when Mike Vrabel is going to view this as an emergency because everybody else does because it's the same thing we saw in 18 games last season, which is predictable play calling on the Titans had 11 drives yesterday. 
They ran the ball on the first play of the drive nine out of 11 times. Nine out of 11 times. It's so obvious how the Titans are going to start every drive that it doesn't work on first down. Derrick Henry first down runs were not that Derrick Henry first play of the drive runs were not effective really at all yesterday uh, for the most part. And then I don't know. And I tweeted this last night at like 11 o'clock because I couldn't get it off my mind. Whose idea is it to run a jet sweep with a rookie tight end on third and one on your own 41 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're leading by a touchdown. It makes no sense. And the more I say that in the situation, the less sense it makes because I went back and watched that play probably seven times this morning because James Foster, our A to Z sports film analyst, we were going back and forth last night about, well, if LaWan, James was saying, if LaWan gets his block and the play works and you give Todd Downing a lot of praise for that. I'm like, well, sure, LaWan missed his block, but that doesn't give an excuse for why the other three Giants defenders uh, were wide open to make that play. It was just a dumb play call. Like when you try to be, when you try too hard and try to be the smartest person or overthinks yourself, you tend up making bad decisions. And at third and one, here, here's how I lay it out. Third and one, you're near midfield. You need one yard, one yard to get a first down to go towards icing a lead. Quarterback sneak is a go-to you should use way more than you ha- than you have. Why not do a quarterback sneak? Because yes, there were 10 guys in the box there, but Ryan Tannehill had room to pick. That's up most that of the time because you have Derrick Henry in the backfield. <laughs> yes, but Ryan Tannehill had room to pick up that yard. And it, I went back and looked at it too. The body language from Chig, he had a slight like shoulder lean, like he was going to go towards where he went. And Derrick Henry looked a little bit relaxed deep in the backfield. Now that's me being able to look at that stuff, knowing what the result was. So I understand hindsight. hindsight, but again, it's cues. And I don't know what the giants study, but there's a couple little cues there that I noticed that made something look weird. And there was, if Luan makes his block, there's no chance that works. No chance. So um, I'm going to go a little bit 30,000 feet view to what you said. My most concerning thing from yesterday is the coaching staff not helping the players. The whole reason why you have a coaching staff is to help your players, put them in opportunities to succeed. And as I've looked at the chat and we've read a ton of different answers and just heard yours, that is the issue from yesterday. The coaching staff, let's just start here. Let's start when the whistle blew at the end of the second quarter, it was 13-0. From that point on, the coaching staff did not help their players. They did not have the speech that needed to be spoken at halftime in the locker room to put the gas pedal on and be more like the Chiefs and run away from the Cardinals in a blowout win and be less like like all the teams that we saw yesterday that relinquished leads and eventually lost. The Titans weren't ready to play to open that third quarter. Three and out, three and out, touchdown, touchdown by the Giants. It changed the course of the game. You brought up the two third and ones. You talked about queuing and personnel. That's not good. We talked about the run defense or lack thereof, maybe more concentrating on figuring out what your next sack dance was because you'd had so much success in the first two quarters of play. 
And then you get to the end of the game that we discussed early in the show, which is that's the coaching staff not knowing what the F to do when you're on the clock. That timeout, whether you want to say it, you know, impacted the game solely, singularly, or just was a little little salt sprinkle, it really did impact because Randy Bullock would be better off on the right hash. You should know that before the game. But you should also use Derrick Henry. And maybe they need a guy, as I said yesterday, to whisper that in Todd Downing and Mike Vrabel's ear because obviously they're talking about something else trying to get the plays in. Ryan Tannehill essentially play the clip one more time. Listen to Ryan Tannehill after our own Sam Phelan, AZ Sports Titans reporter, asked him this follow-up question. Uh, we were just trying to get the ball in the right hash there, so uh, timeout wasn't really wasn't really a factor. Um, just trying to be able to, to move, move the ball over the right hash and we were able to, to clock it, so ended up being in the same type of situation. Did you think about holding the timeout to try and make the kick a little bit closer? Like, was that a discussion that went on at all, or was was the priority the hash mark there? Yeah, you have to ask Graves about that. Um, that's the information I got, so that's what we go I was just doing what I was told. The problem is, what was told, I don't think was communicated well between the coaching staff and then relayed to Ryan Tannehill in time. So, Austin, to answer the question, it's the coaching staff overall not helping their players win, a.k.a. close out a team that you were a five-and-a-half-point favorite to and were in complete control up 13 points at halftime, receiving the football to start the third quarter. Yeah, and uh, I see uh, Will Greenway on Facebook says, the Giants put packages in to help Saquon. And and that kind of leads me with, with your point, Zach, and then Will's comment there, to bring back up the personnel usage and just some head scratch. I, I don't, I, I don't know if this is a cockiness of the Titans coaching staff, because let's be honest, Mike Vrabel's had a ton of success in his first four seasons uh, as a head coach in the NFL, right? He has the right to be cocky. He's the reigning uh, coach of the year across the NFL. But for some, sometimes I feel like the Titans believe the Titans coaching staff believes that their scheme and game plan is greater than the players running it. And I'll, and I'll say this by personnel usage in key moments. I mentioned it yesterday uh, at halftime, I believe it was, because it was in the first half. It was the second field goal the Titans kicked to go up 13-0. It was third and four on the five-yard line. Uh, the Titans had on the field Austin Hooper on the left tight end, Jeff Swaim on the right tight end, Torrey Carter and Derrick Henry in the backfield, and Cody Hollister as your one wide receiver. Now, Tannehill play action rolled out. He was looking backside for Hooper, but he wasn't open. The Giants sniffed it out. But there's nobody else out there that's going to make you a play. Torrey Carter's not going to make you a play. Jeff Swain's not going to make you a play. And Cody Hollister just made a play two plays before, so he hit his quota. He's not going to have any more the rest of the year. So why, why is the personnel on third and four on the five-yard line, why do you not have more playmakers on the field? Then, the second drive of the third quarter, Zach, we know the three and out because of the two cute Derrick Henry direct snap that didn't work either, right? The second three and out, Hilliard run, Hilliard run, pass drop by Hilliard. Derrick Henry's sideline. Like Derrick Henry just sat in a locker room for 12 minutes at halftime. Why does he deserve a blow the second play, the, the second drive of the third quarter? Makes no sense. 
Like why, why not use Derrick Henry in those situations? So just at times their personnel usage makes no sense. And it makes me think that they believe it doesn't matter that their players don't matter because their scheme is good enough to get it done. So I have an answer to that, but that's for tomorrow's show. That's I have the I have my answer of what why you said what you said, but that's for tomorrow. And show. here's and maybe I can text Sam because Mike Vrabel is talking to me at noon today, and Sam's going to the press conference. He's already loaded up with a couple of questions that we asked him to ask uh, today. But my my next uh, kind of question is Sam to ask Vrabel is who is making these personnel decisions? Cause I know every team might be different. Sometimes the wide receiver coach is in charge of monitoring the snaps and the personnel on who's on the field in situations, the tight end coach the same way. I don't know how the Titans do that. I don't know if that's an offensive coordinator thing. I don't know if it's a collaboration, but I want to know who to blame for having weak personnel on the field in key moments. Well, you know, Jeff Swain played 44 offensive snaps more than Derrick Henry, NWI, Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, Kyle Phillips. I mean, the list goes on. Jeff Swain was out there quite a bit. And, you know, NWI, I know that he's probably the most tenured Titan wide receiver playing 41 snaps. You know, we have, there's some mystery behind this. Where the hell is Robert Woods? Where the hell is Traylon Burks? You know, talk about the personnel. That's kind of where my question was, is where the hell are these guys' productivity? And Jeff Swain, look, I, I'm not upset that I lost $50 because Austin Hooper didn't catch you know 23 yards. I, I was upset about that. But I look at Jeff Swain being too big a part of the offense. Yeah. I, I felt like Austin Hooper needs to be that guy. Yeah, Jeff Swain had a pass. hit him right in the face. Like, we know what Jeff Swain's here. Why? Is He's there for not that. <laughs> like, I feel like, again, I feel like now the Titans are playing Jeff Swain to justify his $3 million salary that shouldn't have been given to him. And, you know, uh, let's see. Uh, Chris Frazier says, Traylon Burks ain't that good. All right, Chris, here's some uh, stats for Traylon Burks. Next-gen stats from ESPN. Uh, Traylon Burks averaged 11 yards after the catch on his three receptions. That was tops in the NFL yesterday. He also averaged 4.9 yards of separation on his five targets, second only to Debo Samuel uh, in the NFL yesterday. So Traylon Burks did his job. Traylon Burks was not bad yesterday. They just you need didn't more of that. Though. Yes, more. You, that 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 representation is off of three catches, and that that cannot happen. You're like, look at Justin Jefferson. We've told you this for, for since Traylon Burks was announced in Las Vegas. And I was standing about 20 feet from the stage when it happened. And when that happened, we all sat there and said, the ceiling is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson gets thrown the freaking football. That man had a buck 50 at half plus, but three receptions in a game for a guy who comes in and is supposed to replace your superstar is malpractice. And it's like, obviously the first drive of the game, they wanted to go to Burks. They wanted to go to woods early and they did with success, right? Second play of the game, play action, hit woods over the middle for a first down gain of 14. Uh, the, the, the two plays later, Ryan Tannehill hits Burks for a catch and run on the sideline. Now you're first and goal. All right, great. That's the last 
Like they didn't go back to Robert Woods until late in the game. Well, no, no Traylon still... Burks only played 36.7% of the offensive snaps. Less than 40% of the snaps, your number one pick that has had all offseason, he's practiced after many camp and OTAs, he's practiced. He only had 36% of the offensive snaps. What the F is going on? And, and, and that, and I got after the show, texting Sam, uh, hey, Coach Vrabel, uh, who is in charge of the wide receiver rotation when it comes to snaps played and personnel usage? Who? Like, because there's got, like, it just makes no sense to me. It makes most no sense that Jeff Swain got so many reps and all these other guys got less opportunity than Jeff Swain. Oh, this is, uh, you know, I, I don't, I try not to overreact. I mean, it's overreaction Monday, right? That's the whole thing of what NFL football is. The world is falling. You know, everybody's going to lose. I'll say this, Austin. A lot of my concerns about the Titans, I think, were realized and solidified, at least in the first game. The problem is you play the best team in the NFL on Monday night in Buffalo on Monday. You know, like you don't get a relief of the the Jags or the Commanders that you could get right on. And then after that, the Raiders fought hard to come back into that Chargers game. So, uh, and Renfro wasn't the guy that he usually was. Devontae Adams played pretty well, but... The Raiders are on the other side of that. Austin, you can't start 0-3. You know, like, your your goose is cooked if you're 0-3. I think that's why we came into the season and it was like, well, you got the Giants to start. At least you can win the first game. And then if you drop to the Bills, like as expected, then now you're 1-1, one and, one, and now kind of your season starts. But they don't get that luxury anymore because their coaching staff did not help their players yesterday. Yeah, um, and I see some comments that are funny. Uh, Caleb says, man, y'all uh, y'all were supposed to make me feel better this morning. I'm now I'm even more pissed off. Uh, and then another comment that I saw, uh, Steven said, the more I listen, the more I get pissed at the coaching staff. It, it just We're it, not it, here, and look, we're not here to do that. We are just diagnosing more information from the end of the whistle. The second that Bullock missed that kick, we have now found out more information be on snaps, be on uh, Ryan Tannehill's press conference, be on answered questions, right? Diagnosing what went wrong. Look, Austin, you said you woke up this morning and you figured out a little bit about that two-point conversion, right? That, that, that was offsetting penalties. It should have been reset. Been. So, yeah. like, we're finding out more information. I think the more information that we found out, though, it does, it does kind of look towards the coaching staff as being problematic. Yep. Yep. Because I, I think, like, look, sure, the Titans have new weapons on offense, and they're and a lot of them are young. But you like what you saw from Kyle Phillips. How big of a story is it that Kyle Phillips, if Randy Bullock hit the field goal, right? Kyle Phillips muffs a punt in his first game in the fourth quarter, but comes back and makes an incredible catch on the sideline to set up the game-winning field goal. That's a hell of a moment for a rookie, you know, in his first game to have that rebound moment, but the field goal was missed. 
the clock was mismanaged before the field goal attempt to maybe make it a little bit easier. And now all of it's out the window. The Titans should be one and zero today. They should be. I think the coaching staff uh, had a well, massive every, no, role. Well, yeah, everybody knows that. Like the Titans yeah. know that. I mean, Lawan said it after the game, and maybe we'll play this tomorrow. He actually said something. We we have it up on our social media. Pretty revealing, based on what the Titans usually are compared to what the Titans were yesterday. And I can't say he's completely wrong or he's not. I mean, I think he's right in the sense of this is not the Titans team that we're used to. Coaching mistakes usually don't happen as readily across the landscape of the coaching staff, right? Mike Vrabel used, I mean, but something went on. I, you know, first game complications, communication issues, like uh, not knowing what's going on. I don't understand in that moment. And Austin, you're right. That Kyle Phillips catch should have been what we are discussing today. Yep. Kyle Phillips, six catches, had nine targets, set up a game-winning field goal, had a 46-yard punt return. Yeah, he made a mistake, but he came back. And, and redeemed right? himself, though, after yeah. the muff, muff punt. Yeah, that's that should be the story, right? And then and Dontrell Hilliard should be exciting, right? There's so many different things that we should be talking about this morning that were not because of coaching mishaps, in my opinion. It is eSports here live on this Monday show. We've, again, four, 53 minutes. We have been negative, negative, negative. Uh, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of positivity here. Our laying down the law segment. We're going to do this every Monday, laying down the law. So who laid down the law, in your opinion, uh, for the Titans yesterday, presented by Hughes and Coleman. They are uh, the Tennessee Titans' official injury lawyers. When you have been injured in a car wreck, and you need a team that will fight for you. Uh, the team at Hughes and Coleman Injury Lawyers will lay it on the line and handle the insurance company to make sure you get the most money possible. They've recovered over $1 billion for their clients in Tennessee and Kentucky and will fight to get you every dollar you deserve. If you've been injured in a car wreck, you need to call Hughes and Coleman right now. Don't wait on it. Call them right now for a free case consultation. Hughes and Coleman, the official injury lawyers of the Tennessee Titans, call 800-800-4600, principal office in Nashville, Tennessee. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. They are the king of the sports books. And if you download the app and you're a new user, use that promo code. You get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Russell Wilson returns to Seattle tonight. Monday night football. Football's back, and I am really excited. I, I watched, I mean, hours and hours and hours and hours of football yesterday. And I'm going to watch a couple more hours tonight. And I'm probably put a little action on that bad boy. ATOZ Sports, the king of sports books. Download the app today in your Android or Apple app store. All right. So, who laid down the law in the Titans' win? I'm uh, sorry, loss to the Giants yesterday. Uh, misspeak there. That just made everybody feel bad. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm seeing a lot of uh, Big Jeff, Big Jeff the Grizzly Bear. Gary says Big Jeff and Weaver. Weaver. Gene says Dupree made some good plays. Uh, Stephen says the non-coaches. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jerry says Weaver had a big game. David says Big Jeff laid down the law a couple times for sure. Karen bring up Dontrell Hilliard, uh, who had a nice game. Uh, pass protection looked better than expected from Ryan. That's true. Uh, absolutely. And Eric says Big Jeff is an absolute game raker, game wrecker. Uh, let's talk about Big Jeff Simmons for a second because. Two sacks, another big tackle for loss uh, in the game yesterday. Big Jeff Simmons had six total tackles, two sacks, and another tackle for loss. I mean, he is just 
continuing to get better and better and more expensive by the game, right? Yeah, he is. Well, and he moves weight, right? I think his power is obviously in his legs and his arms and the combination of that force, right? He sets, he sets and then throws, right? And he made some huge plays, tackles for losses, obviously sacks that we spoke about in the halftime show, uh, being in the first half. I mean, and I think he sets the tone for this defense. When you found out, like, what he was doing with Leonard Fournette and the joint practices and, like, how he knows that he is a badass, there's one thing to be a, a guy and just kind of be a little bit coy and shy. And the funny thing is, is if you met Jeffrey Simmons, I mean, he's, he's kind of like a gentle giant in that sense. But on the field, I feel like he turns into a different beast. I think he talks trash. I think he knows he's a badass. And I think that he can know he knows that he can move anybody he wants to. And he showed that yesterday. So yeah, if there's one guy that laid down the law, it was Jeffrey Simmons. And you gotta love, I mean, you wish that you know the Titans had maybe signed him to already a, a extension because he's gonna be the highest paid. Man. Uh, no, Aaron Donald may retire. He may be the highest paid defensive player. The only way he will be the highest paid defensive player is if Aaron Donald retires. That I, I gonna... agree. I agree with that. But if if Jeffrey Simmons has a historic year, they're going to have to. Like oh, if if he no, if he gap... has Aaron Donald type numbers. Well, Aaron Donald was talking about retiring. I mean, he no, I know. I'm that. just saying the gap of pay between Aaron Donald and, and the second highest is just too big right now. Yeah, and and so I I just don't think Jeffrey Simmons is going to get uh, that type of money. Well, He's that's gonna... the reason why Lamar Jackson uh, held out or ex- essentially didn't sign the deal that was offered to him is because the the, the gap between Deshaun Watson money, at which again, doesn't make logical sense in the scheme of what's going on. But Deshaun Watson money compared to Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray money, that's, I think you're kind of in the same boat. If Jeffrey Simmons has a historical year, he should ask for that. Yeah. I, I just he's off to a good start. <laughs> no, he's off to a great start. And I think Titans fans are feeling terrible right now, right? Jeffrey Simmons allows you to have a chance to stop any offense, I think. And I'm not saying he will stop every offense by himself, but he is a game wrecker on defense that can create plays and create mistakes by the opposing offense. We saw it with Josh Allen last year, right on the fourth down, right there at the end of the game where Jeffrey Simmons blew that up. And so I think that's the, the good overall positive thing that Titans fans can take away from this is that Jeffrey Simmons is really damn good and he's going to give you a chance. You know, you're not going to get completely waxed uh, because Jeffrey Simmons won't allow that to happen. In my opinion. I also from the chat, I really like Rashad Weaver. I I mean, he he played such a good preseason that you, you felt like he had that energy to carry over. And it's good to see that carry over, at least in week one, after the devastating ACL tear from Harold Landry uh, the week before. And so uh, Weaver needs some credit of laying down some laws. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think with Bud Dupree as well, Bud Dupree was credited with one sack, but in one of Jeffrey Simmons sacks, Bud Dupree created the pressure that got caused Jones to spin around right into Jeff Simmons. So I think it was also a big deal to see Bud Dupree active uh, and, you know, out there getting after the quarterback. He also recovered the fumble um, that Jeffrey Simmons forced to. And then I don't know if you caught this, the double uppercuts to Saquon Barkley's gut when going after the football. Uh, he had a conversation with Jerome Boger after that. And I, I could just hear Bud Dupree now just be like, I was going after the ball. Like I was going after the ball. I promise. It's like, you just punched him in the stomach twice. <laughs> like we, we all saw it. There's a funny Walgreens phone joke in here. I'll let the chat think of it themselves. But that's what I thought of. And then he violated his probation. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's sure. like that football was a cell phone at Walgreens. <laughs> Give me that. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's what he's trying to do. And, you know, I, I, I do think that Bud Dupree is needs to, and is starting to make his money. Right. Like that's a big contract that the Titans gave him. And uh, it's good to see at least in game one that he, uh, I mean, he was kind of the prototypical Titan-esque type player, high motor guy from Kentucky, had success as a first-round pick at Pittsburgh, came over and got the big contract, and he plays to the whistle. And that's what you want, uh, I think, in any uh, defensive pass rusher, maybe with not the physical physique of a Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, TJ Watt, right? But he gets after the passer, and that's all that matters. Yeah, A to Z Sports here live on this Monday morning. Tons of interaction from you guys. We appreciate it as always. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our end of show topic today, Zach. I'm intrigued to see what you got up your sleeve, but first tell us all about Wilson County Hyundai. Yeah, Wilson County Hyundai is where you need to go to get your next ride. Wilson County Hyundai has hooked tons and tons of people up with outstanding cars and SUVs and battery-powered vehicles. You see they're right there on the screen. Wilson County Hyundai, that Palisade right underneath me, that white Palisade is unreal. Sleek, it's got fuel efficiency, all the bells and whistles. You put it in sport mode, you put it in rain mode, you can put it in snow mode when it gets into winter, and it's got third row seating. It's a great family vehicle, so it's not your mom's car, uh, you know, carpool minivan. You're going to ride in style with the Palisade. They also have the Sonata, which is a four-door sedan, the Tucson, the Santa Fe, which is smaller SUVs, and the Ionic, which is battery-powered. Visit WilsonCountyHyundai.com and look at their inventory today. Don't forget, download the BetMGM app. There's still game on tonight with Seattle and Denver. When you download the BetMGM app and sign up, use our code ATOZ Sports, and you get a risk-free bet up to $1,000 on pro football with your first bet. So take advantage of that with the BetMGM app. So Zach, uh, what you got for us today with this Monday in the show topic? I know we're playing around with it a little bit. Yeah, we are. So we've had would you rathers. We had bad sales jobs back in the day, uh, but that got into probably un unwanted, unneeded arguments about yeah. things that didn't matter. Um, so I actually found this card game that is funversation. And so what it is, is it gives us questions that we as a group Maybe try to answer. Okay. So the first question, I think, I, I don't really know the answer to it. Maybe we need some help. But it is, how do you know which armrest is yours in a movie theater? 
Now, movie theaters have kind of come back a little bit because of Top Gun and because of some, some movies that have been released. But the question is, how do you know what armrest is yours in a movie theater? We've all been caught there. And it's different. And here I'll say this, Austin. It's different than a plane. Because I think there's plain armrest rules. I don't know if you know those, but I think they're unread. If you're on the outside, you get the outside. If you have the window, you get the outside. If you're in the middle, you have the right to both if you choose because you are in the middle. Who gets the right to the armrest in a movie theater? Well, so we have to kind of go old school movie theaters too, right? Because now in movie theaters, you get like a chair that's got vibrating massage things. You can lean it back. You've got like five cup holders. So movie movie theaters now, you, you get two. Old school and when movie theaters were crowded, because now you can get whatever you want because there's no crowds in there. I think it's just, it's like parking. It's if one person messes up, and parks crooked, everybody else can ask to follow. I think it's somebody sets the trend on which one they want, and everybody else is kind of forced to follow in line. So I think so it's just one Stephen person. brings up right is first, or right is right, excuse me, so you get the right armrest. But what about Austin? That, that, you, that doesn't take you into account because you are a southpaw. Yeah, I'm a lefty. But here's the thing. Uh, I lean to, like, I lean to the right because of driving, I drive my left hand, I lean inside. Uh, so I, 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 I'm a right armrest person. Uh, so Orlando says, if it's packed, it's to the right of you. So maybe it is, ooh, Polly D says, wherever the armrest starts on the first chair should then follow suit. It sounds like people saying it is something on the right. I've never heard of that. But Neither. in my opinion, I think it's the first person there because like if you, if you state your, it's like staking your claim, right? Your territory is if you have set your arm there, you've established some sort of dominance. Now, if that person wants to come and ask you to move, that's up to them. But in a movie theater, you're not trying to get into an argument over the armrest. But I think it's the first person to said armrest. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure because I, I'm trying to remember the last time I've been in a movie theater where it's been an, an issue. But it used to be more of an I, I oh. agree with you. It used to be more of an issue than it is today. I honestly I want to say the last movie that I saw in a 100% packed out theater was The Dark Knight. And that was like 15 years ago. Like 100% I, packed out. I saw Batman. The crap-ass Batman that was just released uh, with Robert Pattinson. It was full. But I had the end aisle. So I was on the left side. And so that was where my arm was. Yeah, but, I have but again, the like that was, that was in the last year and a half. So you've had, you probably had two armrests either way. I don't know, mate. I don't, I, hey, hey, how about this? Is that the good thing is that movie theaters have eliminated this problem. Yeah, there you go. So, you know, the, the fun conversation for that particular card, I think 
is you just cut it with scissors. It's right. Done. You rip it up. There you go. There you go. All right. It is. I think we're going to find out a lot about life in these, these conversations of yeah, how things are. There's some good ones in there. Yeah, no doubt. It is Esports live on this Monday. We've got tons of content out there now. It is esports.com has a lot of conversations. If you want to read about uh, somebody who also does not like the way Todd Downing performed yesterday, it is esports.com. Jack Gentry has a column available. Buck Rising, Sam Phelan do as well, uh, as well as Trajan Watkins. Welcome Trajan to the team. Uh, a to Z Sports having a post-game column uh, yesterday too. So you can go read a to Z sports.com. Uh, Mike Vrabel does speak at noon today. So Sam Phelan's covering it there for a to Z sports. And we'll have tons of coverage from that press conference and prime time tonight on our YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, like this video while you're at it. Uh, and you'll get all of our great YouTube content and we'll see you guys tomorrow morning at eight. Appreciate it as always. Adios.